Oh my goodness. I can't believe we've done the whole I'm emotional. book. You know what? Isabel, Jessica, thank you for doing this with me. I've had so much fun. This has been really awesome. Um, okay. Hi everyone, I'm Izzy and I'm Jessica and welcome back to the, the final gr- episode of The, the greatest, greatest Genre. Well, it's the final episode of season one. That's true. We will I'm getting absolutely ahead of be continuing this wonderful journey I've of Sarah J. Mass. way movies. too much fun to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be today rereading, dissecting, and fully fangirling over the final five chapters of Akatar Book One, chapters 42 through 46 yes. of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yes. They may be the final chapters, but they are certainly not dull in any way. No. A lot happening here, which we are going to get into. Uh, the first portion of today's episode is going to be completely spoiler-free. We're going to be talking about just the events that happen in those chapters and previous chapters, also in previous episodes that you have heard from us. The second portion of today's episode is going to be spoilers abound. As usual, it is lengthy. It's rich. <laughs> it is a rich spoiler section today. So definitely going to want to make sure that you tune in for that if you have read. Yes. If you have read Akatar, Crescent City, and Throne of Glass. And if you have not, please do Do not tune in. Do not tune in. Use the time to read and then come back to us when you're ready. Yes, exactly. Everything is going to be on the table in those episodes. So quick housekeeping notes before we begin. Firstly, an adult content warning. Yes. Once again, like the series itself, (laughs) this podcast does from time to time contain adult language and adult content. So if that is not something that you are comfortable with, then perhaps this is not the podcast or the episode for you, but we hope that it is. Because we are so excited to to dive into these final chapters of A Court of Thorns and Roses, the first book that we both read oh my God. in the SJM universe. The one that got this me out just, of my reading slump. This is just a really cool full circle moment, emotional. I feel like, for the two of us. I and know. So while we're talking about the end of season mm-hmm. one, sort of the culmination of this first venture into the world of podcasting we thought we would give you all kind of a fun announcement about what is coming next for the greatest genre if you are a fan of sjm you will know that there's a very important date approaching in just a couple of very short months that is gonna my tummy literally just did a somersault (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be here before you know it and of course what we are talking about is january 30th the release of a house of flame and shadow oh my god oh my god i am not okay crescent city three Potentially book three of four, so mm-hmm. potentially the penultimate installation of the I Crescent like City world. Four, but that's a conversation for another time. And mm-hmm. so, in light of that, season two of the Greatest Genre is going to focus on a reread of Crescent City, mm-hmm. and we are going to be rereading both books before yes. between now and January thirtieth, so that we will be ready for. The release of House of Flame. Although Shadow. it is important to note that there are simply not enough hours in the day to do it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. We're at gonna a time. have to change up our format a little bit, and so more to come on that. We're gonna have For to do a little bit. Do of, not know yet. These books are eight hundred pages apiece. They, they are dense. They yes. are beautiful and breathtaking, and all of the ways that you would expect from any kind of SJM book. They're incredible. But it will not be a five chapter at a time situation. No, and we will also have to get creative with somehow making make covering more ground and yet still keeping our discussions 
Uh, we're gonna try and we're keep it around an hour for you guys. <laughs> we will do our best, uh, but we also want to make sure as we wait, that we do it. It's due diligence. Yes, because of course, as we wait for this new book to come out, we are digging and sifting for every possible Easter egg <laughs> that she could have left it's us. Like Blue's Clues over here. So, it's, so mm-hmm. this the spoiler sections of those those episodes are going to be thorough. They're going to be meaty. So we will. We will keep you posted as we flesh out exactly what, exactly what our formula do. is going to be for season two. But we are so excited mm-hmm. to get into that reread. And then one additional little announcement. We are going to be doing a small, a short, maybe a 20, 30 minute episode mm-hmm. recap of the recent Sarah J. Mass interview. <gasps> which was, all, I mean, that was basically as exhilarating as reading any of her books. <laughs> Jessica and I just have just all capital text messages <laughs> to each other. It was the most chaotic hour I have like four pages of notes I don't even understand half of them oh my god I, yeah my phone was about to die so it was plugged in while and then I was watching it on my laptop and trying to text you and take notes it was all, all at the too same much time and it was just very <laughs> stressful but it was again very exhilarating so yes we are going to be doing a little mini episode with our favorite takeaways and digging digging a little deeper into some of the mm-hmm. little nuggets that we pulled out that'll be a fun one I'm very yeah. excited about it. Uh, again, don't tune in if you have not read everything. Yeah, that will be rife with spoilers. <laughs> There's really only one way to go about doing that, so there will be spoilers for that too. But I think that brings us back to this episode. This episode, mm-hmm. and reminder, other than I think to keep things a little bit, keep things kind in the comments. We've had great luck with this so far. Keep things kind, and also while we're talking about spoilers, if you are going to do a spoiler in a comment, maybe at any point, maybe mm-hmm. maybe write spoiler in all caps mm-hmm. and then do a few returns just just to keep, you know, keep other it's people always safe. best to err on the side of caution. Yes. I, I made a little bit of a a little bit of a an error listen, myself on TikTok this week. To I did not I did not adequately preface the content with the spoiler warning. So I'm holding myself accountable. Amazing. I forgive you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. And that. then I'm sure at this point, if you guys have been listening before, you know these by now, but a quick reminder of all of our handles. We are on Instagram at the underscore greatest genre, on Twitter at greatest genre, on TikTok at the greatest genre, and you can email us at the greatest genre at gmail.com. Etsy shop is going to be up at the end of the season. Hopefully when we announce, well, when we release our final episode, uh, we will be announcing the Etsy shop at the same time. Very exciting. Just in time for the holidays, guys. You can get everyone Greatest Genre merch. Yeah, I think that's honestly the best <laughs> gift that someone could receive. I mean, <laughs> my, to my family, if you're listening, <laughs> pretend to be surprised. <laughs> and now, Jess, I think it is time to return to Prithian. I think it is. Let's go under the mountain mm-hmm. and venture into chapters 42 through 46 of A Court of Thorns and Roses. For the last time. Oh my God, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting big Princess Diaries 2 flashbacks when when Mia is getting crowned and they're like, the eagle is flying for the last time. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) I told you, it's just happening in my head. Amazing. Anyways, we're going to do quick summaries today because we're going to, I have a feeling these discussions are going to be lengthy. They're Mm going to take a while. So, on Feyre's last night Wait. to live. Skull. Mm. <laughs> on Feyre's last night to live, or mm. so she believes, she is once again drugged and painted for the party. <laughs> um, but 
In a slight twist, she ends up having a secret steamy makeout session with not one High Lord of Prithian, but two. Naughty Feyre! <laughs> I think that was SJM's little treat to all of us for having <laughs> endured the last, you know, two moons under the mountain. <laughs> this, however, does take a little bit of an awkward turn when they are caught by Amarantha and, mm. you know, the rest of the crowd. Also, I would like to reiterate that this was um, one makeout session after another. It was not, in fact, all three of not them uh, at, once. at the same time. No, she didn't bless us with that yet. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not mature enough for you to say things like that. So that kind of, you know, brings the party to a screeching halt. She goes back down to her cell. She and Resand have a very interesting one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. And then the next day dawns and the third trial has arrived. In my opinion, I think this is one of the most dark, psychologically cruel I would agree things with that. that Feyre has ever been faced with. Um, she has to murder three innocent high fae by stabbing them with an ash dagger mm-hmm. in the heart. And she has to do this one at a time. It's all horribly drawn out. It's horribly drawn out. We'll get to this. We'll get... Mm-hmm. Okay. The third one, spoiler alert, <laughs> turns out to be Tamlin. Woof. Really tough. But Feyre manages to solve the final little piece of mm-hmm. the curse when she realizes that Tamlin's heart is actually made of stone, and so it will not be able to be pierced by the dagger. Cannot wait to get into that with you. So she stabs him. But he doesn't die. He is, however, incapacitated for a while. Mm-hmm. Amarantha is furious that Feyre has cracked this code. She says that Feyre never specified when I had to free Tamlin if she, you know, completed all the challenges. So I can free them whenever I choose. I only had to free them immediately if Feyre solved the riddle, mm-hmm. which she still up to this point has not done. Instead of freeing, Continuing. freeing anybody, mm-hmm. she begins to torture Feyre really, really brutally. It is drawn out and intense and SJM spares us nothing. Tamlin and Reese both make feeble attempts to stop Amarantha because they still At don't have point, their she powers. she still has their powers. Mm-hmm. And it is not until Feyre finally solves the riddle basically with her dying breath that the curse finally breaks. Tamlin gets his powers back, kills Amarantha, but at this point Feyre is, is dead. dead. So Feyre has died and she's having an out-of-body experience it's watching. Like, it's like a little piece of her is tethered still to this world. It's giving Horcrux like a <laughs> tiny bit. <laughs> but yes, so Feyre is like having an out-of-body experience. She's watching the scene oh, unfold She's watching this her. unfold. She's watching Tamlin kill Amarantha. And then she watches one by one as Tamlin sort of cradles her dead body. One by one, all of the High Lords approach her and Tamlin, and they offer this little drop, this bright sort of spark of magic. A bud? No. (laughs) (laughs) We're not calling it that on this podcast. Feyre is miraculously brought back to life as a High Fey. Even while still reeling with the trauma of the final task, This adjustment to her new body, her new senses, and everything else that has just happened under the mountain. She still has a very emotional reunion with Tamlin, 
and they do eventually return home to the spring court together after a brief interlude with Reese. Yeah, there's a, there's a conversation that happens before he very brief. disappears to before wherever it is that he yeah, goes off to I'm sure his home court. <clears throat> so like I said, so that is the very high level sort of quick summary of what happened in these chapters. So now let's done. rewind all the way back, back to chapter 42. Really what we need to do is just actually be able to talk about it. I just this okay, so first of all, walking into this throne room again dressed in she's in pink. she's in pink, which is just not her color. No. She's not really a pink. Well, she's not really a girly girl in general. This That's besides the point. Elaine wears pink. So she's standing there next to Tamlin. Oh, first of all, types <clears throat> it. A couple of thoughts here. Yeah. He finally gets the courage to come and stand next to her. But I just did have to say, that, has that ever happened to you when you're standing in a room with someone and like you kind of brush hands and it's the hottest thing in the world and there's this, this much And you're like, touching. is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? happen? And then he walks away and he just looks back at her and I was like, oh. For the first time I read this, I was unwell. I know, and Tamlin gets a lot of flack for this. But I just have to say, and maybe this is a toxic trait of mine, but if my man did not take this opportunity to do exactly what Tamlin had done and instead was just like, I want you to leave. Like, get out, leave the mountain. No, I'm still on the side that I think it was wrong. But realistically, I know myself and that would really piss me off. No, and I, I know you too, and I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. That would really <laughs> piss me off. Like, like in, in my brain, like, if I were in Tamlin's shoes. You're very passionately motivated by things, though. Yeah, I mean, I would have at least been like, okay, fine, if you're going to get me out, but can can we, like, can we have the a kiss? The issue was, I don't think that, like, that was... He was sweet. never going to be able to get her out anyway. That Fair was never going to happen. Fair enough. He could have tried. And they both would have died? Well, she wouldn't have died if she had been out. She, but I, we both just agreed that was never going to work. So you don't think that he should have made any kind of effort rather than like the one minute that he finally gets to see her after all of this, after everything that she's endured, rather than even speak to her, he just pushes her up against a wall. Well, he could have used some words, sure, but like, <laughs> and Feyre, and Feyre's in I the think same, I think like the Feyre's first time I read this through, space. yes, and the first time I read this through, I was like, hot. And even the second, yes. I can objectively see it, like reading it yes. again, hot. Yes. However, I do agree mm-hmm. that I think that maybe there should have been a few more words that transpire between them and some kind of He a could have at least <clears throat> apologized for not having completely, come to see her. Or completely ignoring her at that Okay, then this, then this is our common ground. This is where we meet in the middle because you're right. It would have been much richer if he had like grabbed her, like grabbed her by the face and be like, how could you be so stupid? Like, why would you do I just this? wanted why would some you acknowledgement and then, because it was kind of like Rather this trope than just, that you and I both love. It's the lost night together right. trope that is a problem. Oh God, just really clouds your judgment. <laughs> really, really... <clears throat> So it's like I agree with levels of what you're saying, but not the entire thing. And um, no, I, I would I would yeah. agree. Like some uh, some dialogue, I think probably was appropriate. Right, would have been appropriate. Right, and there was none. So there, I will agree with you. Also, small note: Has his scent ever been described as rain and earthen? That was literally the first time I've ever heard that in these books. And I feel like in S- the SJM verse, she always Did you describes search it on your audiobook. Mm-hmm. R- rain, rain and earthen. It's like the only time that she says that, which I thought was a weird time to like introduce that, but whatever. But then a certain high Lord of the Night Court interrupts them. And Tamlin just does what Reese instructs, which I thought like, is it because he's afraid? Does he not want Feyre to see him? And what can only be 
a loss against anything he'll try to do to Reese. I found it interesting that he just complied right away because right now they're alone. Amarantha's not watching. And I mean, it's the same question we've all been asking ourselves this entire time under mm -hmm. the mountain is why? Why is he behaving this way? Why is he so afraid He's, of him? He, he, he cannot seem to summon any kind of courage to really defy her until he gets all of his powers back. I just, mm -hmm. I don't think he believes he can do anything. Yeah. And I think that's why he doesn't I just try to get her like out. In the heat of the passion, like of this moment when he's yeah. got her in his cross, like that would have been the moment. But that's, I think that's why he doesn't say anything either because I think he, he just goes back to being a mute. I think he <clears throat> believes that he has already been defeated and he's just trying to take what he can get. I did like in this moment that Reese challenged Feyre and was like, how could you be so stupid in this moment? Because it's kind of what you were talking about last episode. Oh, he, she is no, I said, smart. He like, scolds her pretty sharply for this and, and then out of nowhere also pins her after sending Tamlin away. Yes. Like a naughty schoolboy. Like a naughty schoolboy. <laughs> then he scolds her. And she kind of like, she stands her ground as she tends to do with Rhysand. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then all of a sudden he sort of stops mid-sentence. His mid -sentence. head whips around. He, he sees something. Well, he knows something about to happen that she doesn't know. And he claims her. That's her words, not mine. And I will, I know that we've had <laughs> debates on this podcast about, <laughs> you know, what's hot and what's not. Mm -hmm. This was very hot. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree. <laughs> um, so we've learned about Reese that he's a good kisser. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Also, a quick note there that he made all the paint disappear off of Tamlin's hands when that happened. And he made it appear on his own. So just in hands. case everybody involved at this point wasn't already fully aware, like, Reese is not on Amarantha's side. Yeah. Like, not even close. Not even close. And in this chapter especially, he all but admits to her. He's like, you, if you, I mean, this happens in a few, like, in the next scene. In the next scene. He's like, you should go and tell her this. If you were smart, I am sitting here confessing to you that I am not on her side, and I am actively working against her. Do with that information what you will. Right. Which is, and this is kind of what I was struggling with, with Feyre, for the last episode or two was her sort of refusal to acknowledge Reese for the ally that he is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just a trope in every single book though. It's like you're so wise to everything except for what is right in front of you. Mm. And it is, and, and, and I get it because it it's, so the dramatic fun. Effect. it's so fun to read about, but at the same time, sometimes you just want to, excuse me, could you just yeah. <laughs> wake up? <laughs> Also, just a very small note that when Amarantha does find Reese and Feyre entwined and they go back yes. into the throne, <laughs> they go back mm -hmm. into the throne room. Once again, like Feyre is looking at Tamlin and he's just shut down again. Nothing. And that would have been the moment. Like, don't well, make her Feyre, feel guilty. I feel like Feyre she feels guilty. And it's like, and she's starting to feel a lot of that. And I had like a little note later on here where it was after she's turned yep. into a high fae and she's like, I should smile. I should try and be cheerful for him for what he's just been through. And it's like, I'm sorry, what about what you've just been through? Like, don't be worrying about his feelings in this moment. You're the one that just had to kill two innocent people. You shouldn't be worrying about the way that he is feeling right now. I mean, to an extent, you should, well, and I of think, course. I think she was saying also in general, she's like, I know that I should feel victorious 
because Amaranth is dead. I defeated her and technically I won. But all I can feel is like shame and guilt and self-loathing for yeah. everything that just happened. And I have I have notes on that as well, you know, a little bit further down in this episode. But a little um, bit about the moment between Reese and Feyre back yeah. in her cell. Yeah, so Feyre gets hauled back to her cell after Amarantha very gleefully, you know, turns around and she's like, oh, look, Tamlin, mm-hmm. look at these humans with their fickle hearts. She keeps using the word inconstant or, un- I don't know, animal. Well, because or- that's what Jurian did to Clithia. Mm-hmm. My main takeaway from this scene was that this is the first time that we see actual vulnerability from Reese. Yes, in stark contrast. The bravado, the confidence, the sensuality, the sarcasm. It's all, he's just kind of stripped bare. He comes to her cell and he is just sort of venting, I guess, for lack of a better word. And And she's like, why are you here? Why are you, just leave me alone. And he basically says that, well, because no one's going to believe anything that you say, that I say to you. Like, no one's going to listen to you. Uh, He does admit that literally this entire time he has been trying to work Tamlin into a senseless fury, is the word that he used. Which maybe explains one or two of the things that he has done. Yeah, sure. To get him to boil over the edge, well, I and think. it also certainly makes you wonder what is building up there. I mean, maybe if if you have a lot of rage building up and you are trying to keep a tight lid on it, you sometimes have to go to the extreme of like mm-hmm. nothing. Like you cannot let anything show, or it's all going to show. He also said one thing here that really pissed me off. Uh, he was like, "The only reason that I haven't taken you to my bed yet is because it's his claim." to innocence like if Tamlin is ever going to like and Tamlin won't have a reason to fight him and I'm like um what about um, her opinion well I think I, th- I, I think, think what so he was too. implying was that like he's like I'm not gonna outwardly actually try and seduce you or like I'm not actually going to make a move mm-hmm. you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily read that line to the letter I think that's just Reese's confidence coming Kay. through that says like if I really wanted you I would I could have you, you. <laughs> you would have and no self-defense <laughs> against this I think he actually gestures to himself at one point oh well that's besides like, the obvious no no so so Feyre <laughs> says why did Amarantha make you her whore yes and he says besides the obvious <laughs> which I thought because, was great yeah no it was it was a lovely little Reese favorite banterous moment that we've come to. It enjoy. was, and it, and it. I don't know about you, but it made me think of some other characters <laughs> that we can't talk about yet. <laughs> having this as a reread moment, it was a wonderful peek into what we know of who Reese really is, mm-hmm. uh, which we're starting to see in in these chapters. Another one of the main takeaways from this conversation was she finds out that. Tamlin didn't tell her about the night court murdering his family. And given right. what we're supposed to know about the night court at this point, like he doesn't hesitate to say that the night court is an enemy court earlier on in no, these books. No, and, and he lets Lucian say things like they're savage killers, they're monsters, they're all ruthless. Of them. And it's like, so why wouldn't that already fit into your narrative if they had kill like why would you withhold that piece of information yeah so this is it fits Reese, into the narrative yeah. that Tamlin has explained about the night quote thus far and he left out that very very large piece of information all he said what it was it was an enemy quote and so this is a pretty big revelation that mm-hmm. Reese shares with Feyre and she is processing this the fact that there's actually a lot of very emotional history not just between the courts but between Reese and Tamlin which we'll definitely get into in the spoiler section a little bit so that is that's a very rich little hint 
And it's it's a moment, too, where Tamlin could have shared that with her. That level of detail mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with the curse. He was not bound. Mm-hmm. And I think even then he felt like he was trying to shield her from the violence of his past or of the world of Prithian in general. He's, it's just Tamlin's nature seems to be to just shield her. And I think that is actually a I, pretty... I think that's part of it, but also for me it was like what... Is, what, is there a reason that you aren't telling me this because there's a part of you in this story that you don't want? Like, that's how I read it. Mm. It could be that, too. Mm-hmm. It could be that, too. But I think even then, I do think that's kind of a human... You protect those you love. I was, well, I was going to say a human tendency, but I actually think it's a, it's a human weakness. Because any time that you know something, a truth that you withhold from someone that you love and you convince yourself you're doing it to spare them, what you're really doing is just being too afraid. And you end up most of the time hurting them And it never, ever works out that you actually spare them anything. Because when the truth does come out, as it tends to do, not only is the truth hard, Mm -hmm. but you're... I don't know, deceit is a harsh word, but just, you know, your lack of transparency is then also something that they have to bear and process. I love that note, and I want to talk about it more in the spoiler section. Great. (laughs) Uh, And then we finish off this chapter by, like I said before, Reese literally looking at her being like, this is it. I've just told you that I'm working against Amarantha. If you were clever you would go and you would tell her everything. And the fact that she yeah. doesn't is telling. Well, and he also tells Feyre, which I think is really important. He says, our world is in your hands. The fate of our world is in your hands. And, and, and he's, he's like, this is what illiterate human. <laughs> and, it, well, and he's just kind of like the irony here, right? right? Like this is just kind of insane. And poor Feyre. <laughs> I, I don't envy her. That's for sure. Well, and she is so beaten down physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, even Girl this... Girl needs... Sis needs a break. Even this, mo- even this brief moment that she almost had with Tamlin, mm-hmm. you know, has, has been ripped away from her. Everything has been ripped away from her. And now yep. she's got Reese saying, this is it, tomorrow. As if she didn't already feel enough pressure. Tomorrow. It's either we all are screwed or you, or you, succeed. Or you an illiterate human... Save He's going to somehow and save tomorrow all of us. does indeed arrive. And yes, she walks does. into that throne room with, I've just got to say, with her original clothing, which she says smell bad, but I bet it was I bet it was worse than bad. It's pretty gross. Haven't been washed in two months. Had tunic in but her. But she wasn't wearing it. She hadn't been wearing it. Had she? Yeah, but she was journeying under the mountain in it. And I think her mm. first beating from the Atoll came while she was wearing it. Just, it they haven't been washed. And my first note here is when she's walking into the throne room, I think that we have the same one. Yep. And she's walking into the throne and everyone's partying for her. And as a sign of respect, the crowd does this. And hello, Hunger Games. Hi, Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> I, I, immediately, that is just what I thought of. My I was like, first I said, point. chapter 43, Hunger Games salute flashback. That's what I have right here. And it's very somber. It's v- like, it's, it's a it's a star in stark contrast to with the screaming, jeering sort of coliseum what I kind of type environment from that, that we're was used like to. the first two challenges or trials or whatever they're called were more for sport almost. And I think that it was mostly I think we agreed the lesser fairies were attending mm-hmm. those. The high world's definitely did for the second uh, challenge as well, but it was a little more bloodthirsty. 
although this one's pretty bloodthirsty too. For this one, it's like the high fae are all here. It's like the final, the culmination of this entire book. Yeah, well, and I don't think any um, anyone expected her to make it past the first, let alone the second. So now, you know, it's like when a mm-hmm. horse wins both legs of the triple crown, you know, the first two. Yep. All of a sudden, everybody's watching the third Every, one. So exactly. It's, it's a very different mood. It's a very different environment when she walks in. It's basically dead quiet. Yeah. Amarantha asks her if she has and any last words. And I have a logistical words. question. Sure. Because I feel like you understand, still at this point, the curse better than I do. So she literally says to him, to his face, I love you. Is it too late? To, yeah, because it's too the deadline late, right? Okay, the deadline. Okay, that was my only question. Yeah. Uh, my only other question was when she says, pity, the answer is so lovely. I know. <laughs> So in case you guys hadn't figured it out, which it's now we're talking about these chapters so we can finally say it. The onset of the riddle is love. Love. Which, again, we've said in the spoiler section beforehand. It's really but hard. literally as soon as I read this the first time, I was like, well, the answer is obviously love. Like, what? And it Okay, but it can't be love because that would be like <laughs> so obvious. And then she's literally semi giving her the answer. The answer is she's so lovely. In her which is, song, which evil. is actually brilliant like I kind of have a lot of respect for her in that moment as a villain oh god I liked the line she wishes she knew the name of one of the forgotten gods so she could beg them for absolution there are a couple of other just things in this moment before before the trial begins or is even like Mm -hmm. revealed you know she asks her if she has any last words and Feyre makes what I thought to be a very moving profession of love in front of everyone. And, and I was greeted with and nothing. I think, and I think she... <laughs> Although and, that's for a reason. And nothing <laughs> happens. And the fact that who she thinks she's professing her love to is actually the Ator is so mean. It's horrible. It's so mean. And the way she says it, even if... I think here's the line. I love you no matter what she says about it, no matter if it's only with my insignificant human heart... <laughs> Even when they burn my body, I'll love, I will you. love you. And then her, she starts crying. And we're going to stop crying. And no, she it was I had very forgot, moving, I had yeah. forgotten that moment. And and I just, I wanted to make a note there. SJM knows exactly what she's doing. Really well. And that profession of love, it was simple and it was heartfelt. And Faber really believes it is the last time she is going to get to tell Tamlin that she loves him. And I thought it was really I thought it was beautiful I agree and then when these three hooded figures are placed in front of her and she's she finds out that she has to kill all of them which we won't even go into like the, the internal her internal monologue it's, it's horrible like she is it is horrible I have one tiny little note that happened like before she realizes what the trial is she does there's a lot of callbacks in this in these five chapters to the blue fairy scene. Yes. And dying alone. And actually the first one happened before she oh, realized. Did that actually happened before? I missed she, that. She doesn't call out the blue fairy, but she does, you know, say like she sees Tamlin there. She sees, I actually think she might even see Reese, but she just says, you know, at least I won't die alone. She goes, I had beaten her until now, fairly or not, and I would not feel alone when I died. Yes. I would not die alone. It was all I could ask for. And that is. That's a beautiful callback to it's the Blue Fairy it was, And it really <clears throat> struck me. It's the very first callback. And then I realized, reading through the rest of these chapters, there were There's actually several. a lot several. of parallels There was actually the several. Scene. And then mm-hmm. even at the very end, that final conversation between her and Reese when she asks him why he did what he did, 
one of the reasons he gives her is because he didn't want her to feel alone. alone. And and in that moment, she thinks of the blue fairy Mm -hmm. and her motivation to stand there and hold his hand as he died. Which is a gorgeous... (laughs) A ma- for many reasons we can it's discuss in the spoiler section. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a really significant moment that I had forgotten about and it was a joy to reread. So the stabbing of the three fairy... And the, the fact that they're, old, that, that they're young too. So they're being revealed one And Amarantha tells her... And this is really... Amarantha's true nature is really revealed here and her hatred for humans, her disgust for them. And she's saying it shouldn't even be hard for you. She was like, what does it matter? The same way it wasn't hard for Jurian. Yeah, she'll say, you know, she says, I'll tell you they're innocent even though it doesn't matter to you. It shouldn't make a difference. It's it's so cruel. It didn't matter to you when you killed Tamlin's sentinel. And it's like, okay, I, I hear you. And I hear your. The, the circumstances were vastly different. I hear your. She was literally hunting, but for it, her was <laughs> it was a wolf. It was a wolf, not a fairy that she knew of at the time, and she was trying to save her starving family. So, like, this is not a not parallel that makes sense, and it and it makes it hard for you to. And we we were, had this conversation mm-hmm. about you know villain like formidable villains, right? It's and so, so funny how on the reread, my opinion of Amarantha as a good villain has changed from. Because, because mm-hmm. and I really, really wanted her to be, and I guess it makes sense because it turns out that she's not going to be she's the, not the big she's, bad. She's not the mm-hmm. big bad, so, you know. And this is her flaw. Her prejudice is so deep, intense, that it prevents her from seeing reality. Mm-hmm. Her prejudice is her weakness at the end of the day because she's a fanatic about it. Her hatred of humans has become her religion and she is a zealot. Yep. And it makes it and 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 allows and she offers up three innocent fairies, which by her own standards she I, wouldn't have done if she right. valued fairy because life as much as she says that she does against the humans. So it didn't really make sense to me. I agree with you. No, the oh God and this a note about SJM's writing. Does she know how to write the last one hundred pages of a book or what? Like the God. the descriptions of the stabbing and Pharaoh's emotions while it's happening and the wailing. It was it was the wailing of whoever was in the crowd for me was so 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 upsetting. The pleading, mm-hmm. the begging, Pharaoh's internal struggle, the detail that Sarah goes into here. Yeah, she does not hold back. She does not hold back. She does not spare us anything. Like this is a horrible moment and, and we it was are, like you were experiencing different types of death too because with the first fairy he was pleading to stay alive his yeah. whoever loved him in the crowd was also wailing crying and then the second fairy that she has to kill is almost embracing death she and she starts yeah. reciting the same the same prayer, prayer which was Tamlin. the second callback to the blue fairy scene mm-hmm. and i yes i absolutely had that note and i thought this prayer i reread I read this it one a couple carefully. of times me too because I wish I knew more about who she was because it almost seemed like the first fairy just seemed so scared of of death and mm-hmm. you feel for him and he's having a very normal reaction to it. And you're right. The second fae, the female. Has a different reaction to death. She seems to be resigned to her fate. Mm-hmm. She seems to be uttering this prayer over and over again. And it's almost like she under, I wonder if she is someone who has been watching Feyre's trials. Mm-hmm. Maybe she does believe that Feyre can break the curse and so she is willing to be a sacrifice if it is for mm-hmm. the greater good. I also love that we got like an element of faith. Here. I have notes about it. I said so and and I think it's an amazing 
piece now knowing that the Sarah SM studied study religion. religions mm-hmm. as part of this prayer she talks about the afterlife and she talks about an immortal land of, land of milk, milk and, and honey, honey which if anyone has watched the prince of egypt besides <laughs> us and or With, might i add the most epic soundtrack that exists oh it's an then. incredible story but you know and and or if you are familiar with the story exodus you know that that is what the god of the hebrew people promised them when he said when he comes to moses and he says i will lead my people out of egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey i that was ugh, i so i love i love when she ties in uh-huh. real religion and mythology and cultural elements into the story in a, in a way that doesn't well, it's feel what forced. makes the fantasy so real and what makes yeah. us love it so much is because yes. she has these like very well researched deeply rooted realities that she weaves in to her fiction yes, absolutely no I thought it was I thought it was great and so it begged the question for me and I don't think we've really discussed it yet and I have more notes about it I can speak more freely about and my theorizing the, the spoiler section but <laughs> it did beg the question for me what kind of afterlife do the fae believe, believe in, in. Mm. so I really can't discuss it any further no because I, it I requires just, I me to talk about other I books <laughs> tune in for episode two uh, I mean sorry episode eight part, part two. two episode nine part two and then of course the final Faye is revealed to be Tamlin and she whips her head back and the Tamlin next this, to Amarantha becomes drama. Her. Like, it becomes the Atoll who is now like laughing at the whole situation and and this is when this is when yeah I think you and I have some similar qualms. First of all I see the montage. But it's too <clears throat> oh, as the memories yes. of Tamlin. So she starts she she knows that she has to do this because it's either either she kills herself well she falters and she looks at Amarantha and Amarantha's like shouldn't be an issue and she's like you kill Tamlin and you set him free or you can offer up and yourself and his entire court free or you yes. kill yourself or you offer up yourself and you end your own life and Feyre is just, just the epitome of cruelty having this you know once crisis. again this internal uh, understandable crisis and it was, would be horrible and I, and I have two sort of equal reactions to this mm-hmm. one is I cannot imagine what this would feel like and an impossible an impossible situation mm-hmm. To be in, which you to have credit, she does dive your into mind a little more would and figure be out. Frantic, mm-hmm. and so I just have the most respect for her being able to sort of steal herself and sift through what she needs and, to, to and figure it that she has and figure mm-hmm. it out, figure out what to do. And the other side of me, which is where you and I, I think, share a little bit of an eyebrow arch, is. You can figure that out, but you still can't, can't figure solve out the riddle. Love when I'm scor- <laughs> like when I'm scorned, I'm difficult to I'm difficult to dis- like to defeat. It was just the most unrealistic thing for me. It's like, uh, uh, and I know, and I know it's a story, but remembering two offhand sentences, like I literally had to command F in my digital copy to find the words stone to find it. And it's mentioned I think twice. When I, and I think when I, even when I read it, I was like, what do you mean he has a heart of stone? And, sh- and she's there for months. And the fact that she is able to, in the montage of hers and Tamlin's, which I can see in the Hulu show, if it ever happens, uh, <laughs> just the flashbacks of all the memories. And then suddenly she's like, heart of stone. Like you picked up that. It's I'm, absolute, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's absolute nonsense. We didn't. No. Even uh, like even while reading it, I was like, huh? They're yeah. Silly, silly. They're very obscure references. Yeah. And so on the one hand, it's like, wow, okay, lots of respect to our girl Pharaoh for cracking that code. 
But on the other hand, it's like, okay, but seriously, you can't solve the riddle? It was just, this is where it became a little unreal. I mean, I get it. Unless the brain fog from Amarantha is still preventing her. And maybe it's not until she is being tortured that she can think clearly. But, yes. But credit to Feyre for, I guess, figuring it out. If we're going to accept everything as truth, she figures this out, which honestly, mad props. I'd be a flailing mess. Can you imagine? No. And like, and the, no. <laughs> the trauma of having to approach the person that you love with a Nash knife and mm-hmm. be prepared to stab them in the heart. And again, with the drama, SJM, Chef's Kiss, I love you, stabbing him. Great end to a chapter. Also, her hands are like very bloody and sticky and slippery. <laughs> that, was, that was a detail that really it just, I was like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, but she's never really um, held back with descriptions of. I know. Gore. So we have to chapter or just bodily uh, fluids yes, in bodily general. Bodily fluids in general. Watery bowels and such. Uh, Vom- lots of vomiting. Lots of vomiting. Yep. <laughs> so of course Amarantha immediately loses her mind anymore. I mean more than she sort of already has. Yeah and I did appreciate the description of how accurate fairy bargains have to be because Mm -hmm. this felt when you were immediately reading it you feel like you have the same reaction as every single fairy in that room which is like this is this is you're going back on your word but technically she isn't and just kind of and there's more fairy bargains that happen in like future books it's not really a spoiler bargains in this world and it's and you just have to be so careful with how you word them but it does fill you with a certain type of rage i was reading this even on the reread and the reread again i was like this is just beyond. You're like, no, come on. After yeah. everything. Like. And the fact that she didn't even go, like, send her back to her cell and continue the long, slow torture. She just went right into the, I mean, and this, this the descriptions in this chapter were some of the worst in the SJM verse. Yeah. So she says, you know, Feyre completes the task. She stabs Tamlin because his heart is stone. Mm-hmm. He does not die. The, I think the dagger bends. It does. Yes, it hits his heart of stone, and but he's, you know, he's now. Which is a small note. It's technically made of wood. Does wood bend like that? Listen, I raised concerns to you about I didn't the dagger raise, material. I didn't have concerns about the actual like instrument of death. <laughs> it was, it was when it bent. I was like, what did that happen against rock? I think it would just break. But whatever. Anyway, like we digress. Splinter. Yeah, that would be more realistic. Well, that would be dangerous. That would, that would hurt. Ouch. Woof. Mm. <laughs> yes Tamlin now just has a sort of a open gaping wound, wound in the center of his chest Yuck. and he is incapacitated on the floor just yes, sort healing of, very slowly because of the ash because because the ash and because he still doesn't have his full powers mm-hmm. so Cuss is not there's, broken there's this is uproar right like Feyre keeps in her mind she's like kill her kill her kill her and he, he can't literally can't and Amarantha then now Amarantha's kind of panicking and she is backed into a corner. And if we know anything about dangerous creatures being backed into a corner, they, they get aggressive. Get very aggressive. And that's exactly what happens here. She says, I don't have to release him now. I can release him whenever I want. Perhaps I'll release them when you're, you're dead. Because you're stupid. You didn't. I think she just says, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And it's scary. And she She walks down those stairs and, and she starts like now, breaking Feyre's bones. I, I have a note that says, Amarantha's torture of Feyre is giving the Cruciatus curse. Oh, God. Because that's just what the most painful like. thing you can possibly imagine. I mean, Feyre's just in agony. Agony. And then she's Every, waking her up after she blacks she out. She can put her back in more agony. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, she's like, I could feel every single one of my ribs crack. My bones were breaking. 
everything was in pain. Uh, she, I think at one point she says, I couldn't outscream the pain. Mm-hmm. And it's just this, the description is, you want to beg for mercy. I think I held my breath character. while I was like, it, is it was so, so stressful. intense. And then at some point during this torture, Reese... So there are multiple point there are multiple points during I think that the torture itself lost a few pages maybe three or four mm-hmm. and I think she references Tamlin once or twice and he's still incapacitated he's trying to crawl towards Amarantha but he he he's still very wounded mm-hmm. she's constantly looking back at Reese and who is completely losing his mind like the 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 tether on his on who he has presented himself to be up until this point is completely snapped. And yeah, he and is he, screaming her name. He, she, yeah, she says, "I heard someone call my name, not someone." Resand, and he then tries to kill Amarantha. He, he yells it. He yelled it as if he cared. And then he tries. He kneels. She says that he goes to Tamlin, kneels down next to Tamlin, not to help Tamlin, to but get he's, his he's knife. picking up the knife, mm-hmm. and he tries to kill Amarantha. She swats him away like it's nothing. It's and then with a burst of it's a, with a burst white, of white light, white light, and then proceeds to be surprised. Apparently, I'm she's like, surprised. She's like, oh, you filthy little you traitor! Filth. You've been yeah. you've been planning this all along. Like, duh. <laughs> what? Where? Which context clues were <laughs> like not enough for you? But again, that's just her prejudice blinding her, and her prejudice becoming her weakness. I also like if I had to think about it, I, I would think that. Reese's it was probably impossible for it not to start changing once favor arrived like he once she was there his the circumstances were different because it was the first time he had an opportunity exactly to maybe shift do something about shift his the predicament if you will yeah so as white light erupts from her hand mm-hmm. and Resand is thrown against the wall and he crumples to the floor the bond goes taut between her and Reese and then he tries to stand up and go for her again and it's a very interesting contrast you know Reese is physically standing up trying to fight mm-hmm. and I know that Tamlin's incapacitated but the only thing Tamlin does is beg yeah he begs and he apologizes for what he said to Cliffia all those years ago but he's kneeling at her skirt and he's begging mm-hmm. yeah that was, it was a it was a it was a stark contrast there yeah yeah I think my last two notes are yeah SJM does two things brilliantly scenes of violence and battle and uh sex scenes <laughs> I think she also does a really good job of um of healing journeys and I have mm-hmm. more about this in the spoiler yeah. section because it requires references to other books but she does a really good job of taking characters and and I don't even think this is has to do with male or female. No, I think it's, it's actually Johnny's a self discovery. She is. I think it's actually just at. a very human part of life mm-hmm. to be broken, Johnny. broken down, and having to build yourself back up. I think yeah. that's one of the things that makes her characters so relatable, so easy to love so much. Mm-hmm. So the chapter ends with Feyre dying. I think something like snaps my deep first, within her. My first. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It ends with her solving the riddle. And oh, yes, she has final breath. Because there's another montage scene. Where oh, yes, she, there's a montage. Her whole life flashes before her eyes. Yes, you are correct. And I did want to say that this entire third task, as I was rereading it, I realized that it's a whole new kind of loss of innocence, mm. which was interesting because Feyre's not an innocent in no. any way, shape, or form, but yet still through the process of this task... 
of murder of murdering of committing murder mm-hmm. and again it did sort of call me back and it made me think of harry potter and the way that they speak about murder when you commit murder it splits your soul splits your soul mm-hmm. if you do it with if you do it with conviction then you do it with malice and and even though pharaoh was put in a difficult position i do think it is worth noting that the sanctity of innocent life has been it's taken away from her. It is like the fact that she has. It's on the second one. She's like something broke me forever, and I would never get it back. Yes, and so it was a kind of loss of innocence, not necessarily in the traditional sense, because like we've said many times before, Farah is not an innocent. She is a survivor. She understands what is necessary to survive in extreme situations. Mm-hmm. But this montage of her whole life leading up to this point, and you know, there's she remembers the her first kill, her rabbit. And even after her family, she had fed her family, saved them from starvation, she went outside and wept because she realized that a line had been crossed and she would never be the never same be again. Never be the same, yeah. And I think, oh, I, this is, that. I think this is another moment where she realizes that she is going to be forever changed and we can talk more about this in the spoiler section. But this whole third task just had this air of loss of innocence. It's a, it, was it, a was, new, it was more of a finality about it. Yeah, it was just a new way to experience the kind of traditional trope of loss of innocence, I mm-hmm. think, is what I'm trying to communicate which is not something I've read before, really. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it was just a very unique, and it was heavy. Oh my God. And again, I think this is something that humans, really of any race or gender or religion, can relate to, is that sometimes you just have experiences in your life that sort of mark you forever. And you can never get rid of them, but you learn to live with them. You can heal and mm-hmm. you can and you can move on and you can become stronger. You can learn important lessons from them. But there are just certain things you experience that remain a part of you for the rest of your life. And again, I think that is just what makes a part of what makes her stories and her characters so profound. Yeah, and relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like that note. So we move on to chapter 45 when my first the note, death has happened. My first note is Farah is dead. Farah is dead. Uh, however, <laughs> she, it's, it's, she's dead, but not quite. Wait, and we totally forgot, she solves the riddle. Oh yeah, she says love in her dying breath. She was the answer to your riddle is love, and then she dies. And yeah. it's very dramatic. This is the most dramatic. It's very dramatic. <laughs> love it. So a point she note about chapter drama. 45 is that the entire thing is basically told through Rhysand's eyes. Through Rhysand's eyes. Through Farrah's point of view, but through the physical scope of Reese's point of view. Yes, Feyre realizes that she is watching things unfold <laughs> through the eyes of Resand, which is curious. Curious. <laughs> I don't know why on the first read through I like totally missed that actually, and I thought that she was I like floating I in the air, she was, like having like, an out of body experience. Was, I thought she was, was like, like in between. Yeah, yeah, um, not the case. So. What Rhysand predicted basically happens. Yes. So Feyre solves the riddle. She dies. Tamlin gets his powers back. And I just have to say, it's it hot. was hot. Yup. It was really and hot. Like, I, could, I could see it <laughs> see, unfolding exactly. in my mind. It like, was no like, giving at the end of Beauty and the Beast. Yes. 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 Oh my God. You're so aligned always. God, I'm obsessed with you. Exactly um, what I was yes, going to say. When the golden light is kind of surrounding him and he's untouchable. But she he's says. like, and he's Mad. And he is in a Mad. senseless fury. Yep. And his teeth exactly get long. Exactly what was trying to do. And his face twists mm-hmm. up. And he gets so... And he just flies into a rage. And Amarantha doesn't stand 
a chance. No, she's literally toast immediately. And like, and she knows it. Three seconds. Doesn't she try to beg? Like, just briefly. Please. That's all she says. Like, lol. I mean, I guess she had to say something, (laughs) but like, yeah, not happening for you. No. So yeah, he very violently shoves a sword through her. Yeah, but we have to talk about. We have to talk about this. I think he fully shifted into his. I think he partially shifted. I don't don't think so because his because his well, listen. At the very least, we know that he has his paws, and we know that his he tears her throat out with like with his his beast Mm -hmm. jaws. So at the very least, we know that he's got claws and paws, (laughs) and his beast head. Oh no! And like. That on two humanoid legs Stop. is just kind of Okay, so maybe hard. he was a full beast. I think he was in his beast form. And then Lucian tosses him a sword, which he catches, with his catches in his paw. I don't know why that was so hard for me to picture. Well, it's because paws don't have opposable thumbs. I Yeah. <laughs> they have two claws. Not yeah, the same those thing. Those don't do the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was very tough for me, too. I was just picturing, I was picturing like Simba, like cartoon Simba, like trying to catch a sword in his paw and it was not working for me. But maybe I just lack imagination. No, it was, I think it's, it's tough. Yeah. But it all happens very quickly. It happens really fast and the, and, and he shifts back. And then he shifts back and he just immediately runs to Feyre yeah, and is cradling, is and is cradling her body, you know, in his arms and it was. This is a very tough scene. Like it is devastating. And he's sobbing. Mm-hmm. And for all of our criticism of Tamlin, you know, at least he's This is the appropriate reaction. At least he's emotionally secure enough to cry in front of his friends and his peers. <laughs> and then what happens, but the High Lord of the Autumn Court comes over, followed by... We can by... only infer. No, it is him that comes over first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was the High Lord of the Autumn Court he comes over, followed by... Lucian. Yes. Oh, wait, we have to... I mean, I mean we can't Lu- not uh, talk yes, about but Lucian. Lucian throws the sword. Lucian threw the sword. Lucian is... Crying also. Lucian is devastated. Because Feyre is Lucian's friend. Feyre is his friend. and Almost and, like a little sister at this point. And I'm sure that many people in the crowd amongst, you know, the shock and sort of awe of all of it. Like this would be a very moving thing to watch a human. Even I think, someone that you don't personally. I think this you, probably yes. altered a lot of perspectives in Prithian about humans. humans in general. So this is just a very powerful moment very powerful moment very emotional moment and Lucian is crying as always and we just really wish we could give him a hug hug, amongst other things yeah Mm -hmm. so the autumn court high lord comes over and he offers up a little he holds out his hand by the way yeah it doesn't say one thing holds out like a little um ball of power i guess i picture like a teeny tiny little star yeah a little cute one yeah and uh, he puts it like into her, ch- like her chest absorbs it. Do you know it. what I picture? A lot of Harry Potter references. No, for me I today. yes, the light yep. from the Deluminator. Yep, I mm-hmm. was thinking the same that's, thing. That's <laughs> what we're working with. So the order is Autumn Court High Lord, then the Summer Court High Lord comes over, then Winter, Dawn, Day, and Night, mm-hmm. and then um, well, before the Night Court, before Reese comes over, he says something pretty important and. Uh, I believe the the line is well for what she gave, and then he says, yeah, "We'll just bestow. read it word for word because I made oh. I summarized it in a note." She so says, "For what she gave," Resan said, extending a hand. We'll bestow what our predecessors have granted to few before, which I have some follow up questions about. 
Uh, and we all? he paused. Uh, that makes us even, he added. To and I felt the twinkle of his humor as he opened his hand and let the seed of light fall on me. And then Tamlin says, I love you, and puts the final little bowl of light and he into Farah's hand chest. on her heart. It was cute. It was. <laughs> and then she comes back as a high fag in chapter 46, which would be, I mean, I'm not. Would gonna, be, <laughs> you just say the note that you said, Elliot, because it's funny. <laughs> I would like to say one other thing first. Okay. I would love to wake up tomorrow as a high fag. I mean, wouldn't we all? <laughs> the ideal to not have to live in this world. <laughs> But upon rereading this, <laughs> and I haven't little, even... It would be a little disarming at first. I haven't even watched Twilight recently, <laughs> but rereading this, it was giving Bella waking up post-transition as a vampire. But the only difference is that all of Bella's injuries were gone completely. And correct, Farah. No, still I'm not has saying like, it's the exact same type of transition. I'm just mm, saying it's some the, of the way, same elements. The way she's like, oh my god, like my body felt strong. Oh, I looked at the chandelier and I had never noticed. Well, how, Jessica, like, I'm going to go out and eliminate many and prisms that of light. SJM has probably read Twilight. And, and as Dawn. we've said, this is another reason why we love her because she is not only an author of this genre, she is also a fan and of love this, her genre. this genre. Yes, and that makes us all one. Makes us bigger fans of us. Yes. <laughs> it was just kind of funny because I just couldn't help. I was almost disappointed with myself. I was like, no. No. Don't bring that in here. But but you can't not but sometimes. But then I can't not. There are so Once you have scenes, the thought, I can't so unthink it. There are so many in these books where you're like, that is, like, she has drawn inspiration directly from other movies and books that we know totally. and love. Totally. So she discovers she's a high fame and she turns around and she sees Tamlin's face, which the description. Oh my God. Oh my God. Lost one paragraph. Wait. Is that you're saying, saying that's like long or short? That's totally short. Oh, okay. But whatever. I mean, it's still good. He's like, has a strong jaw and like a straight nose and a high brow. He's hot. Okay, but. And Emerald Green Eyes. So she looks, he like kind of like turn, like she like slowly turns around and then she's like, looks at the mask on the floor and then she like slowly. I don't, up e- at him. I don't even think she does a pan up. He takes her chin. Oh, up. I. Which is. One of. Not. Problematic. <laughs> It shouldn't be allowed. As I was, so it I should was, not be I was do I was doing a, mm-hmm. a re-listen mm-hmm. as I was getting ready for this episode. I was yep. doing my makeup and and he's like, you know, and he took her chin in his f- forefinger and thumb, and I just stopped and I went hot. <laughs> doing, hot. It's so. It is. It's I, it's a, it's a it's a micro trope. The, that, the yeah, I feel like it's just a hand. move. Think so? Yeah, it's a move because even boys in the real world can do that, and they don't know the power that it has. And if you're listening to this, please use this knowledge for good and not evil. (laughs) Like the chin, the chin, the chin hold, the back of the neck, the face, the brow. Really, just like the brow kiss. Yeah, problems. I don't. I don't think they understand what it does. Nope. And maybe they shouldn't. Maybe maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe we shouldn't have announced it. So, so all I'm gonna say is that if you if you are a man, a man, <laughs> or a boy, <laughs> listening to this, please use this knowledge for good instead of evil. Wield it well. Yes. <laughs> with great, with great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> so important note that the actor disappears immediately. <clears throat> oh yeah, no. So this is. 
It's almost like an epilogue. It, it, it really Everything is. that happens after this is almost kind of like the epilogue because it happens sort In of just disjointedly. It's all and, very quick. And then Feyre and Tamlin have their reunion finally. But it's it's really, there's just this kind of weight over it. It's like almost like there's a sheen or like a love, like a cling film is like blocking like her experiencing joy. Because first of all, she's reeling from the trauma of what just happened to her. Like this literally just happened. She, she cannot to kill even, she cannot bring herself to feel joyful. Like she cannot. Because this is everything she has just been through. Which is understandable mm-hmm. uh so the actor disappears right away lucian's brothers disappear right away and there are like meetings and things happening between the spring court high lord other high lords lots of centuries. logistics There's apparently a lot of, that like, are like needing logi- to be yes, taken exactly. care of and then tamlin at last notices favor's discomfort as this is all happening he takes her back to her room and then she's you know he's tending to the last of her mm-hmm. mortal wounds i guess yes. i did have one note about did she and tamlin have sex Yes. It felt similar in the fact that she used sex with Isaac to escape from a lot of her feelings. Yeah, no, this was very different from... Mm -hmm. The way that their physical chemistry had been up to this point was very pure Mm -hmm. almost. And and this felt... It felt like she was using Mm -hmm. him. It felt like she was... To forget and to escape... And, and she even things. says it. Yeah, like she does. He, he draws a breath and mm-hmm. he says, Feyre, and she says, I knew what he was going to say. I knew what he I wanted to talk, talk about. about it. Mm-hmm. And she shuts it down. Mm-hmm. Which I think, given the fact that this happened literally hours ago, is okay. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some conversations that need to happen soon. But in the moment, yes, that was kind of a, a little takeaway that I had from that yeah. scene. And then she wakes up in bed with Tamlin and she feels something pulling at her middle. Behind um, her navel, I believe, mm-hmm, is the yes. phrase. Mm-hmm. Her belly button. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she knows where she's going before Does she knows where. Does her have belly button? I believe so, yes. It would be weird. If yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Almost like aliens. No, thank you. They're not aliens. No. No. They're very beautiful. <laughs> Sometimes aliens can be beautiful. Yes, I'm sure. I, I believe you watched Man of Steel recently. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, so <laughs> she is being pulled over to... <laughs> you also watched Man of Steel recently. <laughs> I never said that I didn't. I would just... That's why I was surprised mm. that you would make the implication that aliens are not beautiful. <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking about Henry Cavill, to be clear, well, when I said that. I'm just saying Superman is technically an alien. Okay, so... Uh, she is going towards Resand. He's he has feels he has summoned her. her through the bond, the bargain bond. Yes, yes. To be clear, yes. I also just forgot that she hasn't seen the sun in months. Like that was very startling, like, like, which winced. makes total sense on the reread. And I was like, that would just be so, like. What, do you I actually kind of joy? forgive all of her depression. Literally, same. Uh, yeah, because. Yeah. Do you know how depressed I get when I can't even go on a run once a day? Like, seeing, like, the outs, just seeing, like, having fresh air and seeing the sun and, and being deprived Human beings of are that. meant to be a creature of daylight. The, the ground, not the underground. The ground? The ground. <laughs> I'm trying not to knock my microphone, okay? <laughs> so that's like a little note that I had that I forgot that she hasn't seen the sun in months. It would be disorienting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also missed this tiny little detail that Jurian's bone and eye, like she calls out us on her yes, missing. they're missing. I caught that too. So just wanted to throw that in there. And the Ator uh, took the spell book back to Highbury. Mm-hmm. And then she has a conversation with Reese where he just seems depleted 
of all fight now. And he's like, I wanted to say goodbye to you before I left. Oh, it's interesting. It seemed kind of peaceful to me. I think that he's depleted. It just seemed very calm. And he says, I wanted to say goodbye. She seems depleted. He, to me, seemed very even keel. Like, very Hmm. eyes on the future kind of thing. Well, he's about to go back to his court. Yes. Well, and she she asks him if he's going to fly because his Mm -hmm. wings are... Proudly and out she on finds display. out that she that he loves to fly, which yeah, she had never thought to ask him before. And he's about to disappear. Well, I have I have one okay, other well. note. He he asks her, "How does it feel to be high fay?" Oh, and yes. she says, "My body is different, but my heart is the same." And I sometimes she oh, said this is one she of my said lines. and she said, "I wonder if it would have been easier if my heart could have changed also." You know, because it's just too hard to bear. And he says, be be glad glad of your your human heart, heart, Feyre. Pity those who feel nothing at all. Yes. Oh, I love that line. And it's such a beautiful line. It really is. God, SJM is so good. And in the moment, she can't even Mm -hmm. accept it because she is so depleted Mm -hmm. and fractured. Yeah. And And then then as he is departing. And as he departs, he, as on his way up from his bow, his eyes lock on her. And his, I think here I have the line. And he's, his eyes locked on mine, wide and wild, and his nostrils fled. Shock, pure shock. Not the flaring nostrils. <laughs> shock, pure shock flashed across his features at whatever he saw on my face. And he stumbled back a step. Actually stumbled. What is, I began, and he disappeared. Simply disappeared, not a shadow in sight, into the crisp air. Always with the drama. So much drama. That happens. And then she goes back to Tamlin. And, and then they walk back through the tunnel. To they go the back to the court. spring court. And I will say, when she sees the manor again and they're standing on a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a hill or something, looking out over spring court, and she sees two little shiny Oh my nephews. god. Nephews. Nephews, sorry, yes. Uh, they were the little, the, the figures who earlier wanted to come out to play. Right. And she couldn't see them. And she was so they freaked like out by them. They were beings. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. Yes, I it was did. such a little callback to I a simpler time. out loud. I was like, <gasps> totally missed that on the oh first read around. Like, That's totally who that was. I know. I have exactly the same note. And then the final scene is <laughs> um, Lucian. Well, Tamlin and Feyre are standing there for quite some time. Do they kiss Just here? sort of taking, yeah. yeah. They, they have... Mm-hmm. They have a kiss. A kiss on a hill. Do you have a kiss? <laughs> they have a little kiss. A little kiss. And then um, Lucian tells them that it's time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to go inside. Hopefully it's not for peas and nondescript Oh, God, fish. here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> one, one last little note about the food. But So oh. that's where, <clears throat> that is where we leave our characters at the beginning of book one of the Akatar series. It's been a seemingly, wild ride. Seemingly now, all, all everything well. is going to get better. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening, you guys. <laughs> yes, and like we mentioned before, we are going to shift our focus to Crescent City mm-hmm. as we await the highly anticipated release of House of Flame House and Shadow. Shadow. Oh my god. But Don't forget that if have... you're strategizing with your friends, that you can get a different bonus chapter in depending on where you order it from. Yes, this please, PSA. please visit SJM socials and websites for all, Full detail. all of that information. But I do just want to make the note that even though we are temporarily shifting 
our focus to books one and two of Crescent City. We will be back. We have every intention of coming back and going through the rest of Akatar. Very excited to reread Mist of Fury. And someday. Someday. We'll get, I can't even. It's going to be. (laughs) We will tackle Throne of Glass. Glass. (laughs) That might have to be like. A book and episode. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe we can split it into two when we get Kingdom to the of end. A- Kingdom of Ash might have to be like three episodes, if not four. Anyway, we digress. Thank you so much. We're gonna plug our socials one more time. Yep. We got our Instagram at the underscore greatest genre, TikTok the greatest genre. Uh, we're on Twitter at Greatest Genre. I think we actually do have a Facebook group too that's like attached to our Instagram somehow, but I don't know yes. how to update it. And uh, you can email us at thegreatestgenre at gmail.com. We've had a couple of really great emails pertaining to yes. yes, pertaining to fan cast. So mm-hmm. we are going to be doing the mini episode about the interview takeaways, focusing yep. that's really focusing on House of Flame and Shadow. So Correct. that might actually be kind of our first season two Crescent City yeah. content. But we do have something fun that we are planning for the end of season one. And so if you haven't been checking us out on YouTube, you might want to pivot to that for this episode. Yes, we are going to be doing a fan cast special. And it's going to be very giggly. There will be a lot. We're going to be using our office printer and we will be printing out, we will be printing out fan art. We will be printing out headshots of different actors. There will be lively debate about Mm -hmm. who makes a better cast. It's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely stay tuned for that. that. And please send us your suggestions. We've gotten a couple, we've gotten a couple so far and they have brought us so much delight. So please, 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 Send us your fan cast ideas. We would love to hear them and incorporate them possibly into our fan cast special. Well said, Jessica. All right, everybody. We will see you if you have read everything. Remember, we will see you for part two of episode nine. The deep dive. The deep dive. Bye-bye for now. Thanks very much.